And so what I've realized is that dynamic leadership, it's not about having these tactics. It's not about like showing up and knowing exactly what to do for that specific situation. It's about being able to step into any situation and change yourself in order to meet the needs and the demands that everyone else is about to throw at you. Because the only thing you have full control over is yourself, right? You can change yourself. I can't show up and tell someone else in this company that they have to behave a certain way and do something. Like if it's not for them, they're going to quit. It's a 30 minute hour. Where you grow into your Welcome to the 30 minute hour. It's the personal development podcast for the seven figure entrepreneur who's looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner who's conducted over 28,000 coaching sessions. Now, my co-host, Ted Fells, you know him as the super CEO and the business strategist extraordinaire. He is not joining us today. He is out on travel. That's what super CEOs do. So we definitely uh, wish him well and wish him safe travels. But today we're going to be talking about the three secrets of a dynamic leader. The three secrets of a dynamic leader. So as you listen to this, after you watch this, you'll be in a position to achieve your goals in any environment with any team. Anywhere. That's right. The three secrets of a dynamic leader. Uh, and before we get into the meat of this show, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I just want to say thank you because the 30 Minute Hour podcast has just surpassed 1 million total downloads. This would not be possible without you sharing the show and listening and giving us the five-star reviews. We definitely appreciate you for doing that. One million total downloads on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of those podcasting platforms. So thank you very much for supporting our show. See, Chris, you're, you're on a historic episode. Yeah, that's a lot of downloads. Yes, it is. That's... Yes, we're, we're definitely appreciative of our audience and, and the support. Yeah. And we, we may double that after this episode, Chris. After they hear you, <laughs> those downloads short, are going to go Short changing me. I got a triple now. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> That's right. But no, this, this is something we really need to, to lean into. Um, because, you know, I, it's, it's interesting. I think there's some people who are like game managers when it comes to leadership, right? Where if they have a certain, they're in a certain situation, they can have success. But then you have your, your true franchise players that you can put them in any situation and they just elevate. Right. They just elevate the team and take them to the next level, put the team on their back. So we, we're going to have a bunch of franchise players today, Chris, after, after they listen to us. That's a goal. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about this. Three Secrets of a Dynamic Leader. So our guest, he swapped military marches for marketing metrics. Uh, as an army veteran turned marketing executive, he now he's bringing his hard earned lessons to startup founders and business managers as a leadership coach. So he's played detective with the tight, the industry titans, and he's learned from top business professionals and uncovered their secrets to success. 
and he's got this dynamic leadership model. And again, he can help you to achieve your goals in any environment and with any team. So please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Chris Dubois. Awesome. All right. I wish I could hear the, the audience with a million downloads. Be deafening right now. But thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. Hey, man. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, I've really been looking forward to this because I'm always interested in how, you know, like I've seen so many situations in my past where you have a team and then the leader is complaining about the team. Then that leader leaves, you bring in somebody else and instantly with the same team that was no good, supposedly, you know, things are starting to happen. So I really want to get into that. And I'm sure you've got all kinds of insights on that. But before we before we go there, I want to give people the, the background perspective. So so what was the vision that the vision that you had for your career when you were an undergraduate at the University of Maine? <laughs> Not this. Uh, <laughs> no. So I went to school for English. Um, essentially, I knew I could read and write, so I'm like, oh, I might as well get a degree in it, right? But, yeah. uh, but no, I ended up uh, doing ROTC, joining the Army, and through the Army, it became pretty clear uh, career-wise, this is what I need to be doing. Like, I just loved everything about leadership, studying everything that was going on, trying things, like just getting put in more advanced positions, more challenging positions. Um, and then when I left the Army, I ended up working for a marketing company. But finally put the English degree to use because I guess uh, what a lot of people don't tell you when you're in the army is that an English degree doesn't doesn't really help you there that much. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> right? Jumping out of airplanes, shooting stuff, blowing things. They don't up. cover that. Do they? No, they don't look for your degree. And then anyways. <laughs> but so I decided I was going to put it into work uh, at a marketing company because interestingly, again, some of those army skills like shooting stuff, right, carrying a a bag on your on your back for 20 plus miles uh nobody really cares about that in corporate america uh, they care about the results you're able to produce and so joined a marketing company uh within four years ended up uh, becoming the ceo of the company mm. and uh and then it was only recently that i stepped down so i could do a leadership coaching kind of full time because i realized this is where my passion is just helping people uh on the side for for so long has uh kind of showed me i just need to be doing this and so yeah it's interesting. I mean, were, were you, are you somebody that would, would you ever consider yourself like a born leader? Like it just came naturally mm. to you. People just gravitated towards you. No. So I, I don't believe in born leaders. Mm. Um, every, uh, the leadership industry is multiple billions of dollars, right? People hiring trainers and, and coaches and going to workshops and seminars. People wouldn't be spending that much money if this was something that, you know, was that you could just be born into and you're good to go. I do think people have some natural tendencies mm -hmm. and a lot of my tendencies have shaped me to leaning towards natural leadership. Like, I'm just a curious person. I love asking questions. I like working with people. I'm, I'm extroverted. So like I get energy from being around people, which does help when you're trying to lead people. Um, and so I think a lot of those just how I am as a person has probably put me in situations where I had experiences that have led to me getting the knowledge that I have now and developing some of those skills. So. You mentioned curiosity and, and I totally agree with you. To me, I think curiosity is a superpower. 
Oh yeah. If, if you're just like, I'm the same way I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I, I love this podcasting platform. Cause I'm just like, when I'm asking you a question, I'm genuinely curious to right. the answer. I really want to know. And same thing in leadership. I think if you, mm-hmm. if you just sit back and you're, instead of just dictating and judging, you just ask questions. A lot of times people tell right. you the things that yeah. you're getting at. No, hundred percent. So. that's actually, that's one of the reasons I wanted to be on this podcast because I feel like you guys are genuinely interested in what people mm-hmm. are talking about. And like, I've been on some other podcasts and it's like, they're just static questions, right? Let's just go through the paces. It's like, how do you not get excited about like wanting to learn what people are, are putting out there? Yeah. I have to be careful to keep this within the time frame because I have, there's so <laughs> many ways like we can go with this right. and I know you've got things to do. I want to keep you on this thing all night. So, uh, but no, I do think, I think this should be a takeaway for some of the entrepreneurs watching us that, curiosity is a superpower and i think if you you really stay curious i think you find out a lot of the things that can help you to be effective when it comes to leadership and i now i'm curious if uh you could be a mentor to that younger version of yourself that was back at the university of maine so based off of what you know now what advice Mm. would you give to that younger version who i would say that I should be be more deliberate on what I say yes to and on mm-hmm. what I say no to. I think just looking at my past, there were a lot of times I had some missed opportunities because I said no to things that if had I thought about it more would have been an easy yes. And mm-hmm. other things I said yes to that just didn't pan out. And had I just taken a little more time to consider what I was doing, I would have saw yeah. that and I wouldn't have made the mistake and I could have done something better with my time. Yeah, because some, some yeah. they seem those little decisions like that seem insignificant, but then when you look back, they they, they were mm-hmm. bigger than you thought. So, right. awesome. Yep. So 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 you got into the military, and you got into leadership positions, and that's really what, if I'm understanding correctly, that's what really motivated you to focus on leadership. Yeah. So, uh, I became so I went to ROTC at the University of Maine. Uh, commissioned as an infantry officer. And so first assignment was up Fairbanks, Alaska. Beautiful place. Don't recommend going in the winter. Very cold, very dark. It's Things shouldn't survive there, but they, they do somehow. Um, but I was a platoon leader. So 22 years old, I had 36 men and $13.8 million worth of equipment assigned to me. Hmm. So it's like pretty big responsibility to be putting on a 22-year-old. And uh, But it was fine. Like that, that was what we do, right? We, we got the training, go through it, but I did well there. Battalion commander pulled me up to, uh, to kind of work closely with him. And I got a completely different perspective on the organization where it's like from down in my platoon, right? I can see my 36 guys and I can see the kind of the people around me. When you go up to battalion, I'm out two levels higher. And so like, I just jumped the org chart, you know, to actually be able to see everything happening in this organization. And because you're moving from like the tactical level to something more strategic, it was like my eyes open. There are so many variables that I, I missed. And something I noticed was that you could get a leader in one unit, you know, that would do great. And then he would go to another unit and he would still do great. You get another leader who was doing awesome, but then would show up somewhere and completely fail. And it's because they showed up trying to run that second unit the same way they ran the first. And it's mm-hmm. like they failed to take into consideration everything that was different. And so 
And then there were the ones that were bad, and they just continued being bad because they refused to get better. But we can we can talk about those guys later. Um, but so I I did that. That was awesome. Um, and I got a lot of like one on one time right with a lieutenant colonel while I was a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, and uh, and so it started to shape me. And then one of my next assignments when I ended up taking my company command, um, I had you know a battalion commander and a sergeant major who just really wanted to help me and work with me because I was committed. I wanted to make things happen. And they gave me the weakest company in the battalion to take command of. And mm. they pulled me aside ahead of time and told me this. And so I was very deliberate in my planning for how am I going to assume command here? What am I going to do? And I took over the company. I sat down with everybody. We, I said, Hey guys, I'm not your previous commander. This is how I want things done, but I want to do it with you. So like, let's make sure we're all on the same page, leaving this meeting. And then we're going to, you know, we'll step out with that. And we ended up taking that company from basically number six out of six uh, within our battalion to number, I don't know, I didn't get an actual number, but I was in the, we we're in the top of like 36 for our brigade. And so we went from, you know, being the worst in our small, small area to being one of the top units in the bigger one. And this, I mean, this was pivotal in like my, thought process for leadership because it was just like what changed right besides me stepping in instead of that previous guy all the people were there just like you mentioned earlier in the uh, in this episode right? it was the same people they had the same mission same everything all i did was come in and ask different questions give them the opportunity to actually run their own you know their platoons um and it completely shifted the dynamic of the organization and so what i've realized is that dynamic leadership it's not about having these tactics it's not about like showing up and knowing exactly what to do for that specific situation. It's about being able to step into any situation and change yourself in order to meet the needs mm. and the demands that everyone mm. else is about to throw at you. Cause the only thing you have full control over is yourself, right? You can change yourself. I can't show up and tell someone else in this company that they have to behave a certain way and do something like if it's not for them, they're going to quit. And that's one thing, right? That could happen. Now I got to find someone else, bring in the right people or, if what they're doing isn't wrong per se, it's just different. I can change how I'm interacting with them, how, what I need to be doing. And now we have a completely different dynamic within the organization. And, and we can actually achieve our goals with everyone being able to take ownership and working and delivering in the way that they want to. Are you a podcaster who's looking to expand your audience reach to millions of potential viewers? The Roku TV platform currently reaches 70 million U.S. households with 140 million monthly viewers. The What Now movement, along with our Coffee and Conversation episodes, are now on Roku TV. Our channel is VMP, channel 1006 on the FAM TV Plus network. We are excited to offer podcasters with video an opportunity to stream their shows on our Roku TV platform. We're waiving the initial setup fee of $1,500 for anyone who applies before August the 31st, 2023. As an added bonus for streaming on VMP channel 1006, your podcast will be advertised in Vision and Purpose Lifestyle Magazine and website to include a podcast host feature. To apply, email Eric at ericmtwigs.com. So, so what do you think of this idea that, 
you know, cause I, I hear this from leaders all the time. Oh, you have to treat everybody the same. If you've got a team of people, you have to treat it. You have to be fair. You got to treat everybody the same. But what are your thoughts on that? I think you can be fair without treating everyone the same. The everyone needs something different when you mm-hmm. show up. Um, actually, one of the exercises that I teach is the uh, the leadership catalyst. There's a bunch of different ways that different reasons that people would want to follow you. And so this is super apparent. This this example, super apparent in the army, right? If I show up as a brand new lieutenant and I go talk to the private, so like brand fresh out of basic training, right? He still has that fresh smell. Um, when I'm working with him, he wants me to be optimistic. He's following me because I'm excited about our future. He has a career ahead of him. He's ready to go. <clears throat> if I go talk to that crusty old sergeant, right? Who's two years away from retirement. He wants me to be competent. He's just thinking, don't get me killed before I can retire. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so by understanding that these people, I'm still going to be in the same position leading them, but they need different things from me right now. I can actually better lead them because I'm, I'm treating them fairly by giving them what they need. I'm giving the same amount of attention to them as required. Uh, but I'm not really doing anything like to, that. I'm not, I can't treat them the same. Otherwise we're, we're going to fail. If I just go to that NCO, you know, that sergeant and say, Hey, how, like, aren't you excited about all of this? He's like, no, I've seen this before. <laughs> like, like this isn't my first rodeo, you know, just get us through it. And so, so yeah, I would say you don't need to uh, be, be fair, but you don't need to treat everybody the same. Yeah, I agree. Cause I think people aren't the same people right. have different motivators. And I think people that are highly effective, they can, they, they just know intuitively, you know, what's going to push this person's buttons versus what's going to push this person's buttons. Right. Um, so, so the other, here's the other one I hear. Oh, you know, you, you've got to be a jerk. You know, you, you really got to, you can't be a player's coach. You, you really got to put your foot down and be a jerk to be an effective leader. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah. I think sometimes that might be what's required. Other times it's probably the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, I had, man, so I got to start pulling some business stories, but I got another, another army one where just, I had this one, one guy who was, so he was a specialist, right? So right before he was about to be a sergeant. So like everybody's pushing him to be a leader. You want, you know, that's what the army wants you to, everyone to be a leader and keep growing in your career. This dude didn't want to be a leader. He just wanted to kick doors in and, you know, get rid of the enemy. I don't know how, how politically correct we want to be. Him. <laughs> he, you know, he wanted to do the job of an infantryman. Mm-hmm. And he was very good at kicking indoors. I'll give him like, it's awesome at that. And people naturally followed him because he was just really good at his job. Um, but with this guy, others would try to find ways to engage with him, right? To like, hey, we want him to be a leader. So let's like cheer him on. Let's, let's, let's do this. Didn't work for this guy. Like he was not going to take any of it. I would come in and give him a hard time. I would point out all of his flaws and it motivated him like mm. because he was the kind of guy who just wanted to get the job done at all costs. And so when I would mention the like, oh, didn't look like you, uh, you know, you did that drill fast enough. Like for him, that was like, well, I'm about to go do the drill another 50 times until I get, get it to that. And you can't say anything, make you eat those words. Right. So for this guy, yeah, being being harder on him and like giving him a hard time was what he needed. Most other people, not the case. Uh, when yeah. I was running a marketing company, I could not have done that with anyone on my team because I it's a completely different environment everybody's a little different they're showing up 
uh, willingly, they, you know, they volunteered to, <laughs> to work at this company. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that probably would have broke some people. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I said, we, we're talking about the three secrets of a dynamic leader and just to kind of wrap this in a bow as it relates to dynamic leadership, it, it's really about changing yourself as a leader and kind of having the flexibility to adapt to the situation so that you can be as effective as possible. Yeah. So it's, it's more about approaching the problem than having the, the tactic to solve a specific problem. Mm. And so knowing that one, this gives you a ton of confidence, right? Knowing that you can show up in any environment and just be ready for whatever's thrown at you. Because you have the yeah. skills to be able to decide what you should be doing rather mm -hmm. than saying, hey, I'm really good at this. If I work in a kitchen, right, I'm really good at peeling potatoes and then you throw me a carrot and all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know what to do. Or I try doing it the same way, right? Like it, I'm not going to be as productive or as efficient because I can hold it different. And this is probably a terrible example, but <laughs> but you get the point, right? Like it's <clears throat> knowing how to do one thing really well is awesome as long as you have that one thing. Mm -hmm. But as soon as someone throws a different variable at you and everything falls apart, you cannot afford as a leader to let that happen. Yeah. Like it, because now people are counting on you, you know, to actually get the job done. People's salaries are reliant on you. Their family being able to have food on the table is on you. Mm -hmm. And so like, do you really want to leave something at stake? Like, or just take the risk of that by, by not just preparing yourself for any situation. No, that, that's good stuff. Um, it, so one of the examples that comes to mind for me of someone who's a dynamic, who was a dynamic leader is a guy, Scott Brooks. He was the, the coach of the 1980 Olympic hockey team. And mm -hmm. his thing when he was with the hockey team is he was just really hard on them. I mean, he just, I mean, yep. it got to the point where they banded together because they all hated him. So it, it made it, made them closer. And it made them right. go out and play better. But what they said was at his prior coaching assignment, he was completely different. Like when he like he was at like the University mm -hmm. of Minnesota. He was he was known as a players coach. You right. know, he was, he, he was, you know, didn't really get aggressive with them, just kind of, you know, was more had a more of a supportive style, but completely he just intuitively knew, knew when he got into that situation is that this is what this situation calls for. Right. And he really just hammered them. Right. That's a great example because you can tell it, if it was deliberate, right, where he actually changed who he was in order to give the team what they need. And was this the miracle team? Yes. Perfect. Right. Like, they called it a miracle. He, like this guy changed who he was and created a miracle. So like, <clears throat> yeah, great example. Yeah. So, so I think that's that's a key thing. And I'm sure there's other examples of dynamic leadership mm -hmm. um, that we could call to. But, but let, let's get to this here. So, so what would you say are the three secrets of a dynamic leader? So I use a framework for dynamic leadership. Um, it's called the ACT framework. So awareness, communication, and trust. So really, they're secrets, but they're not that secret. Like, should be super easy. You can go look up any books on any of these topics, do a super deep dive on anything. But the, the number of people who ignore these when they're going in and trying to become a better leader is crazy. And now, 
what's even better about following the ACT framework is that it doesn't just help you as a leader. This, this will literally make you better at everything in life. Go look mm. at your relationships. Go look at how you're showing up, you know, anywhere. And if you are more aware, you communicate better, and you can build trust, you are going to have a better time. And so <clears throat> what, I, what I really like about following these is that we get to remove the need for, for context from a situation in order to, to be able to like coach, <clears throat> right? Actually, let's come back to that. I don't, I don't wanna get, get sidetracked. So <clears throat> with awareness, right? Big one, there's four levels. You have self-awareness, you have interpersonal, <clears throat> team awareness, and then situational awareness. Mm. And really, and having all four of these, right? Being able to understand yourself, like what traits, what we talked earlier, what tendencies did I have that I, I knew of that could have you know, made me more natural as a leader? If I'm just aware of all the different tendencies that I could have that could influence me, I can show up at a situation and change what tendencies I'm leaning into right now. And so maybe, you know, maybe I'm someone who loves to control way more than command, right? Everybody started command and control is a military thing. Well, they're, they're kind of different. Command is like, I'm going to give you some orders. You go out, take care of it. Control is like, I'm going to show you exactly what we need to be doing. And so naturally, I tend to command. I want to just tell people, hey, go out, do these things, come back if you need me. Okay. Otherwise, I trust you got it. Now, if I show up and I have a team that's super junior, they just don't have a lot of experience, you know, maybe new hire, I'm going to apply more control because I need to. Like they don't know what they don't know. And so I need to just kind of be there to coach them a little more, help them out, make sure they have what they need. And so knowing that my tendency is to command, I might go into an organization and look at one of the newer teams, newer team member, maybe we have a new product launch, right? And so everyone working on that doesn't actually know or have as much experience executing something. The, I can show up and make sure I'm paying more attention and giving them that attention so that they can actually be successful rather than just doing what I feel is the right thing. Because your gut isn't always going to you know, tell you those. Uh, I also, in communication, I will transmit way more than I receive. Mm. That's not always great. Maybe, yeah, maybe we don't have a lot of time to make a decision right now. And so I have to push information out. You guys are going to go take care of it. But if I got time to sit around the table and we can actually discuss, I need to go into receive mode. Hey, I need everyone's opinion right now. Give it to me. I'm still going to have to make that decision, but I want to hear what everyone else has to say before I say anything. And so knowing all the different variables that'll play into this. Now I can show up in this situation and I can actually take that in. And so that's the, like from the, your, you know, self-awareness kind of side. But when you get into now interpersonal, when I'm talking to someone else, like, do I understand what's happening with them? What's going on? Um, one of the big, big things, this is like a huge lesson. I wish I had just codified this much earlier in my career. Every person in the back of their brain, their reptile brain, right? It's always working. It's always trying to keep them alive. And it's asking two questions. Am I safe? And do I matter? Mm, yep. And if you can identify when someone's thinking through those things and you can help them achieve those things, make them feel safe, make them feel like they matter, you are going to be able to build that relationship much stronger. So that, that plays into a lot of the trust element um, of the model. But Inner, that interpersonal tact of being able to show up, talk to the person, see what they need right now, what they're, what they're going through, try to have that empathy. And now with my communication skills, 
right? Either pull some of those things out of them or push what I need to them so that I can make them feel good and like they're actually part of this team. Now I've, I've accomplished everything by you know, looking at awareness, communication, and trust. Uh, but that's it. Oh, go ahead. I yeah, no, I, I'm this, just so. curious. <laughs> you were talking about self-awareness. And yeah. just from what I see, this is a blind spot for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. What, <laughs> like, like what percentage of people that come to you, these startup founders, would you say are self-aware when they come to you? I don't know that it's a black and white, you know, like binary self-aware or not. I think it's, it's everything's on a spectrum, right? Yeah. How self-aware am I? And I think if someone is coming to me for coaching, they are at the point where they have at least enough self-awareness to know what that there are things they don't know and that they need mm -hmm. to improve. Um, people who aren't coming to me uh, or coming to coaches, period, uh, come, you know, looking to advance themselves and they're just showing up thinking they got it. Um, or those, those leaders who say, oh, you just got to be a jerk, right? Just show up, be a jerk. It's like, show up and try it. And now do you think it's working? Like, do you have the self-awareness to say like, oh, people aren't responding well to this. Is it me or is it them? Because more than likely it's you. And just being able to have that self-awareness is going to tell you that and it's going to point you in the right direction. Um, I would say self-awareness is probably uh, something a lot of people are lacking. I would love to give and put a number on it, but. Yeah, I, I think um, the people who think they already knew everything those are that that's a dangerous oh, yeah. place to be when you feel like yep. oh i already knew all that oh yeah yeah i i could teach that course and oh yeah i, I got it all yeah now that's dangerous um so quite a few of those yeah <laughs> so i mean i'm at a point in my life where i literally will not take your money like if you <laughs> like like if you want me to coach you and, and i get that vibe from you like you you <clears throat> You yeah. aren't coachable and you already knew everything and you know, right. no, that's okay. <laughs> I know, I just know it's going to be a problem. Right. No, hundred percent. If you're not open and, and, you know, knowing that you don't know everything and knowing that everybody can teach you something. Mm -hmm. So, right. So no, this is good stuff. So yeah. we, have, we got ACT. So a is awareness. We've talked about that. So yep. communication, which again, I think in many organizations is a big problem. Yes. Um, the lack of communication or ineffective communication. So, so what does that look like in your dynamic leadership model, the, the right communication? Yeah. What does that look like? So again, it ties into a lot of your like self-awareness mm -hmm. and stuff and, and the interpersonal, all of these, again, interchangeable um, or not interchangeable, but they, they mesh really well. So with communication, it's, it's not always just what you're saying, but it's what you're not saying, right? It's what, are, what am I looking at? What am I doing with my time? Because people are even looking at my actions as a means of communication. And so if something's important to me, it doesn't always require me showing up and saying, hey guys, this is very important to the company. I wanna make sure we're all tracking, we're all good on this. It could literally just be me asking a question in a meeting. Hey, how's that number look? And there, someone will mention how the number is. Next meeting, I'm gonna ask that same, how's that number look? And because of that repetition, people know, hey, he's going to ask about this number. Obviously, it matters, right? Or you walk down to the factory line and you just look at a piece of machinery and you walk away. If you're, if you're building a strong team, someone's going to go check out that piece of machinery to see what you were looking at because they want to make sure that it's in good shape. That's just you know, a spot check. Just come walking down, looking at something super simple. But I think the, the challenge for a lot of, especially like growing companies, right? Companies that are growing really fast. 
you have you have the leader who starts the company and then and so like their employee you know they're they're there they're by themselves they hopefully start bringing people in now we have like the the corporate ladder right that that we're constantly climbing and now as the owner you actually get to add rungs to your own ladder and so you get to keep adding this but as you add it you have to envision that there's a second ladder on the side that mm-hmm. your entire team is on that's their corporate ladder and so as you're climbing up right people are going to be at different levels of their own ladder and so there's a different signal strength that you have the further you move away from different rungs and so if you have this massive company right and you're at the the top rung as the, the ceo of the company the people down at the bottom aren't receiving the message that you have in the same way that maybe your board is or your your senior executives, right? Everyone else in the C-suite, right? They're going to hear it straight from you. They're going to understand it because they're up at that same level. And so you actually have to change your message and how you're presenting it depending on where you are compared to the person who, you know, for where they are on their own ladder. And generally, as you, so as you go up, right, you go from a lot, very, very tactical at the bottom of a ladder, like you're doing the work. And then the higher up you go, it becomes a lot more strategic. And so just looking at that, just knowing that piece and saying, how do I take this strategic message and package it in a way that it fits the tactical mind? The people who aren't necessarily thinking about the problem the same way I am, how can I get this message across to them? And so just doing simple actions like that, where it's just, you're just being more aware, right, of the message that you're presenting, but we have some different skills and stuff that you can learn so that you're, you're approaching it in a way that you're going to get a good result because you're just you're being deliberate and about coming in here and saying, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Um, I've been guilty of bad communication. Like, so, you know, years ago, yeah, I was a district manager. So I had automotive locations that worked mm-hmm. for me and we'd roll out a pay plan. And, and then later I'd come back and find out that the majority of the employees didn't know how the pay plan worked, mm-hmm. even though, I, I explained it to him. I right. I told him, you know. So it's literally it's got me to the point where I don't assume. Like I told you earlier, I think we're backstage. I don't assume anything, yeah. you know. And from a communication, right. I think that helps from a communication standpoint. Where yeah. I'm literally like, okay, repeat it back to me. How does this work? Right. Come up and on so the board and, and explain this pay plan. You know? Exactly, and that's the perfect like tactical way to to know that you're doing the right things strategically. So like I'm approaching this problem, I'm doing this, getting a track back. Just hey, what did you hear me say? Right. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Now, boom. We've just confirmed what we have. We have some data points that say I can ask this question and I'll find this out. For some other people, you might need them to take some time, come back, and then and have a plan of their own for for something. How they're going to push things out to their team or make sure their team knows about certain pieces. Uh, but yeah, that's like the the perfect example for just showing up knowing what what needs to be done and that like from a you know a dynamic leadership kind of way right you're you're showing up you see the problem how do i handle this problem appropriately let me choose the appropriate skill for this and so getting that track back in this case is that right answer because from the previous lesson that you learned i need to ask for a track back and so it's like, yeah it's uh the we, the communication thing you can't assume that it's really happened mm-hmm. you, you just have to go back and follow up, like you said. I think, and I, you said that yeah. brilliantly. That you know, you have to be tactical. You can't be strategic. 
you know, when you're talking to somebody that, you know, may not be at that level uh, in their right. development. So now this is fantastic. So we, we've got awareness, you know, communication, and then you mentioned trust. And I would have to imagine if you're doing the first two, it's going to build trust. But what, yeah. what don't we know about trust as it relates to this model? So there's a couple things. There's a lot of different ways you can approach trust, right? Like you got to earn everyone's trust differently. It's mutual. So like, I can't just, you can trust me, but if I don't trust you, we're not going to have a good relationship. It's not going to work out. Um, two things, three things. I'll give you three quick ones. Um, one, those two, two items I said, everybody's talking about or asking in their heads, right? Am I safe? Do I matter? If you can address those for people, 90% of your, your trust issues go away because people are going to trust you. I've literally been on job interviews where like I'm interviewing someone, you can tell they're nervous or sweating, right? And they, you, they just don't want to be there and you make them feel safe, make them feel like they matter. And now that like at the end of that interview, they're thanking you for, for having them like, Hey, this was a great interview. Thank you so much. I'm excited to see what's next. And it's like, boom, it was that easy in a one hour conversation to change how someone was actually showing up. Now imagine Mm -hmm. if you could do that for your team. Yeah. right? Who's showing up every day doing this. It goes a long way. Um, for trust building, you need to build predictability. Mm-hmm. That is, think it like, think like you were creating automations, right? You want if then statements and branches. If you really want to, like you have this whole workflow. If I do this, then this is going to happen. The, your team is going to feel very safe if they understand what's going to happen. And, you know, they have that predictability because it gives them confidence. They know what's, what's going to happen here. Um, if you change it, like change can be really dangerous to a business. Sometimes it's required for that business to grow. There's a big difference though, in you as an individual changing how you show up for your team versus, Hey, we have a new program. Hey, we have, you know, this new product we're launching. That type of change is fine if you've done all the right things to show up as a person that says, like, I am going to do the same things. Like, let's say, you know, it's predictable, right? You, you know what to expect from me. Because expectation management is, is huge in all relationships. Um, but yeah, build predictability. And then the last one for, for trust, set a culture that is extremely strong. The one thing that a leader truly owns in their organization is the culture. And that's because you as the leader are at the top. You set the standard for the organization. And so when you're hiring someone, that's a vote coming from you saying, I believe this person can be like us and can live up to the standard that we have. When you fire someone, it's because they're not doing that. And if you keep someone on your team who doesn't, can't you know, meet the standard you've put out, it's on you to get rid of them because everybody else knows what that standard is. And they're looking at that person saying, what is going on? They are not like us. And so you have to be able to maintain that, that culture at a very high level. And now you have your culture, then you have your climate. The climate's what you're, where you're currently at, right? It's like your, the actual performance of what's going on, the, the real um, kind of level. The further that is from the culture, the worse, worse you are because you want to hit that ideal. And that's called the culture gap. And you should always have a bead on how far that culture gap is because you want it as tight as humanly possible uh, so that you're actually living up to the standards that you have set for that organization. Now, <laughs> wait a minute. So, so I, 
I read a lot about leadership, and I, I I go to conference. I don't think I've heard that before. Um, where you talk about the climate, and it makes perfect sense. So the climate is that this is where you are. The culture represents kind of the ideal of who right. you really want to be as an organization. Yep, and mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of different ways to keep track of this, right? So one, as a leader, I love I love doing this for quick feedback. Ask three questions. Mm-hmm. It's what am I doing that I should continue? What am I doing that I should stop? And what am I not doing that I should start? Very simple. You can throw up a Google form or something, get anonymous feedback from your team, and you very quickly can see what you need to be doing as a leader in order to help the team. And at the same time, seeing what the team expects from you gives you insights into what they need at their level. And so when you want to talk about tightening the climate so it gets closer to the culture, right? You can go down, you can ask them certain questions and hopefully you have a culture where people will be honest and they're going to say, I don't like this. I want this. I feel like this is what we need. Most organizations, that's not the case, right? And it's just because we don't, we haven't prioritized building a culture and the leader truly taking ownership of that. And so Mm. asking these questions gives you kind of a backdoor to be able to see, you know, what are these, what are the, the people on the front lines, what are they actually thinking? What, what do they need from me so that I can actually create the environment I promised them when I brought them on board? Because that's what they want, right? When they accepted the position, they said, I, I want to do business with you. I want this to be my life. And so now you have a responsibility to make sure that happens. So if I'm hearing you correctly, so on a, they could do this on an anonymous basis, right? What am I doing that I should continue? What am I doing that I should stop? Uh, what, what what was the third one about the start? What am I, what am what I, what am I not, not doing, doing that I should, I should start? start? Right. Okay. No, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, because the the challenge is most employees aren't going to come up to you and just say, "Hey, you mm-hmm. know what? You're not being effective with your communication." No, they they're just right. going to go along. So you, I think it helps <laughs> yeah. to have that platform where they can give you anonymous feedback, and I think it's important mm-hmm. too to pay close attention to the patterns. Right. So, so if everyone is saying you sh- that you're not praising them enough, yeah, it's possible that that's how you're showing up. No one's ever been hurt from a pat on the back. Nope. But that's a. Uh, but even so, another thing you can do with that, right, is have look at predictability, right? How if the team brings me feedback, am I blowing up on them, or am I accepting their feedback and thanking them, right, for for telling me something's up? Right. Uh, find someone on your team that you trust. Tell them to, to bring up feedback about you in front of other people. And then you just happily accept the feedback, thank them for it in front of others. And mm-hmm. people will start understanding that, oh, I can do that. Right. Because most, most situations, nobody's going to their boss. Like, like you just uh, referred to, right. No one's going to their boss who controls their paycheck and being <laughs> like, Hey, you don't do this. Well, it's like oh, everyone else in the office, you know, shifty eyes and like, um, but so if you can set, so no one's seeing that and no one's really trying that. So you need to create the environment that says, Hey man, give me feedback in front of others. Like, I'm not going to blow up on you. You know me, right? We, we got a good relationship. Like make it happen so that I can get other people talking to me about this stuff. Usually it's pretty quick to happen once you, uh, once you get it. For sure. For sure. So, so what's uh, an example of, one of these startup founders has come to you and they applied your model and they ended up 
having some great success. But it was a memorable, memorable example that comes to mind. So honestly, I think my, the most memorable one for me is one that helped me become convinced that this is what I need to be doing. Hmm. And it's, it was a, he wasn't a startup founder, but he was uh, a manager at a, a global company um, over in Europe. They, I still don't fully understand what they do, but they handle like trouble tickets and stuff. And they have to like do all these different escalations where it's like massive companies like Microsoft have a lot at stake here if, if this company can't solve that problem. And so very high paced, very like there's a lot, lot at risk. And uh, he really, so he had just been put in a management position and just came to me for help. What do, how do I do this better? And we started putting some simple things into play. Um, just based off what situation he was in. And while we were working on the skills of being able to look at a situation and say, what do we need? We're also working on the tactics and doing like, all right, we'll try this. Right, like one, his, his team didn't necessarily feel appreciated. And a lot of it was because they just didn't have time together because they're all doing their jobs every day. So they see each other in the office, but there's no hanging out at the water cooler or going to the break room. And so like something simple, we said, let's, when you send an email, you know, at the end of every week to your supervisor, to, uh, to give them whatever updates, include one of your team members that's doing something awesome and then CC it to the entire team. <clears throat> so now the entire team sees you're praising people like weekly, right? And you're not just praising them and saying, hey, good work. You're sending it to your boss. <clears throat> like that carries some weight. And just doing that, he started noticing he was, we were measuring different numbers and stuff like productivity, you know, how many calls are they working through? And we started seeing that people were actually being more productive because it's like they wanted to earn that, you know, that, that, uh, call out on Friday. Uh, Mm. That's a great great idea, by the way. (laughs) Super, super simple. And it just takes asking the right questions to know, okay, I know I need to give them praise. What, and I can't do it just right here because they're all busy. I can't like they're on calls. Right. So how can I, how can I actually do this in a way everybody gets to see it and we get that same result. And just by asking that question, throwing, you know, your thinking hat and, uh, and you can make that happen. But with him, so he, he ended up getting promoted a couple of times and mm. ended up becoming a VP within the company, running a massive department just by putting these things into play. Uh, but the reason it's the most memorable is because he had, he had shot me a message um, where he had been on heart medication and had started working out again. And his doctor pulled him off it. So you don't need to be on this. You're doing great. He started dating again. He started like he was spending more time in his community. He was just doing all of these things because he started to just feel better. Like work became less of a chore. And so, and he started to find the success there. And then a lot of those skills, like I was saying, awareness, communication, trust, those translate everywhere else. And so when you get really good at doing them somewhere, you can go off and use them elsewhere. And so now your entire life is getting better and you get to show up as a leader who's way better than you could have been. And so now you're helping all of the people with you right? Everyone who's looking up to you. And so now they get to go home. They get to go spend time with their families, being more present. They get to volunteer in their communities. They get to do all of these things that end up making the world a better place. And all it took was you taking a moment to step up as a leader and give them what they need. Ooh, I feel like I went on a rant there. <laughs> now that, that's a great example. I mean, and it, I like how you say it didn't just impact him at work. I mean, he was better in his, he, he basically applied uh, your model in his personal life, it sounds like, and it's helped with his health and helped with his other relationships. Mm-hmm. So, no, that, that's fantastic. 
So, I mean, you're on different podcasts. You get asked all kind of questions. Uh, what's one question you never get asked that you wish someone would ask you? Can we start coaching tomorrow? <laughs> that's good um, no i think uh i wish someone would just ask me what's at stake if they don't hire a coach Whoa. and i think you've probably felt this too at points right Whoa. where it's like yes she's like oh i just coach like why would i need a coach it's mm -hmm. like why would you not need a coach like <laughs> i mean so one you're gonna miss things you mm -hmm. can only see from from your eyes right and you can only pull in so much data at once Ignorance is a choice. You have to choose what you are setting aside because there's just not enough time in the day to get everything. And so no matter how many books you read, how many podcasts you listen to, taking courses, seminars, it doesn't matter how much you do. If you just bring in one other person who has been there before and can see from a different perspective and bring their experiences to help you, you've now just multiplied what you can actually get done, right? Getting a, a physical trainer at the gym so that you can show up and you, they focus solely on that so they can help you. Getting like a therapist who can understand how your brain works and help you with that. Having like a business coach to work through how you're running your company. Like all of these things only make you better. And so, and so like there's, when the stakes are as high as knowing that you, you're leaving something on the table in regards to the impact you can have on the world, why would you not hire a coach? And so, yeah, so I would say, I'd say that's it. The even better, if you can find someone who's done it before, like don't, don't hire the 20 year old life coach, no offense <laughs> to a 20 year old life coach. Right. But like, if someone has done those skills now, they're not only bringing their perspective, but they've probably worked with other people as well who have like honed their perspective and given them other ways to view problems. And so now you hiring that one person, if they've seen you know, a thousand other ways that we can do this. Like you just, you have that at your fingertips. You can jump on a phone call. You can jump on, you know, Slack. And this is, it only makes you better. So. No, that's great. I think it goes yeah. back to what we talked about earlier about being curious. I think if you're curious, you, you're asking that question, like who, mm -hmm. who has done this already? Right. That I can talk to. Right. And that's the, again, now it's like a, giving myself the pitch, but the, uh, with the dynamic leadership model, it's why we don't need context as much because like a coach, really, if someone gives you advice and they don't have context into what you're going through, then what good is that advice, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't understand all of the intricacies, all the variables and the things that you have to pay attention to, the advice they're giving you probably isn't right. I had, I had hurt my leg once. I called up a buddy who's a physical therapist. He said, just do some stretching. You'll be fine. I ended up going in to see a therapist and he said, you tore your calf, do not stretch. Wow. And it was like, boom, it was just the context was missing, right? Mm -hmm. He knew he had great advice if I had just hurt my calf, but I didn't, right. it was torn. He didn't know mm -hmm. that. So it wasn't bad advice. It was just, it wasn't the right advice for me right then. Yeah. And so with dynamic leadership, we're looking at how do we approach a problem? So now you get to bring in the context in regards to like, how you're approaching this, but the advice I'm giving you isn't how do I solve this specific issue? It's how do you approach issues like this? Mm -hmm. And so, so now I can kind of sit back and give you that, that bigger picture view 
and you can show up and take those skills, put them into play with you knowing the exact context you have. And so, yeah, I think that uh, I think it makes it a lot stronger of a case for, for bringing in a coach. But <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that that question about what's at stake, I mean, that, that's mm – -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you because no one's ever asked me that either. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm with you on that one. All right, so, so we're, uh, we're down to our final segment. It's called Write This Down. And this is where we both uh, we, we'll share at least one aspect of this episode that we feel mm -hmm. is a takeaway that the entrepreneur that's watching this needs to write down so they can level up. So, Chris, you are the, the guest of honor. What do the people need to write down from this episode? Ask the two questions. Am I safe? Do I matter? Right. Mm -hmm. Ask that about everyone you talk to, everyone on your team. And ask yourself, what can I do to make them feel safe and like they matter? Because if you can do that, your team will follow you to the ends of the earth. Like not, people leave bad managers. They don't leave the company. Right. Because people make them miserable. So like someone could have their dream job and they will go somewhere else if, if their manager sucks. And so if you, if you ask those two questions, yep. it's, it's just, it's going to make your life that much easier. It's going to make your business better and you're going to help so many people in the process. Yeah, no, that's great. Am I safe? Do I matter? I think those are, those are critical things to consider. They're questions to consider. So, so my piece has to do with this idea of, of being flexible and the whole idea of dynamic leadership uh, where, where you really change for the situation and you adjust to the person in front of you. And, and it's a funny story. Um, Jimmy Johnson, right? He was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he, I remember one time he, he was known for just cutting a player at random. The player would maybe fall asleep in, in practice and he would just go home sorry you're, you're cut you know but, you know so he had this reputation for being like hard-nosed disciplinarian <laughs> so one of the reporters asked him hey so if that was Troy Aikman your star quarterback you're telling me you would just send him home so he said no here's what I would do he said, I would I would walk over to him I would tap him on the shoulder and I would say Troy would you please wake up <laughs> so that, but I think that, that's an example of dynamic leadership. He's not going to send his franchise quarterback home, uh, mm -hmm. but he's going to send a lineman home if, if he can send a message to the rest of the team. Right. Um, so I, I think that that's an example of being dynamic and not being the same. Something we talked about in this episode, you, don't, you shouldn't really be the same with everybody because everybody's different. Every situation is different. And I do think dynamic leadership is what is needed today because everything's changing. Things are constantly changing. Um, and if you aren't, you're in trouble. Cheers to that. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, man, th this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you, Chris Dubois, for everything that you've shared with the audience. Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So a couple different ways, leadingforeffect.com. You can uh, access any of the coaching programs, anything we got there, um, you can grab. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Christopher Dubois. Um, and if you just want to listen to more of these thoughts specifically, uh, I have a podcast, Unbound with Chris Dubois. Just give that a listen. We share 
a lot of the ideas go deeper in some of these concepts and a lot of the episodes are super short so that you can just in your commute grab one of those ideas put it to play that day try it out see how it works and then go off great again thank you for sharing everything you shared and don't forget to share the show Mm. make sure you share the show share this information that Chris just gave us. I mean, he gave us a lot of nuggets and a lot of actionable things uh, and steps that you can actually go back and take and improve as a leader. As we said at the beginning, really isn't such thing as someone that's a born leader. I mean, everyone can improve their leadership. And if you apply what Chris shared during this episode today, uh, you'll definitely get better. And don't forget you can listen to this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of those places where you uh, consume content. And don't forget to subscribe so that way you never miss an episode in the future. That's our time for this week's episode of the 30-Minute Hour. Again, thank you to Chris Dubois. Until next time, have a great one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. We need your help to grow the show. One of the best ways that you can help us is by leaving both a rating and a review. You can go to Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or any of those other podcasting platforms and leave us a rating and a review. We've got a bonus that we're running for this month, a special bonus, that if you take a screenshot of that rating and review and you email it, to E-R-I-C at E-R-I-C-M-P-W-I-G-G-S dot com. You get entered into a special drawing where you can win a free copy of my book, The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. And then lastly, don't forget to share the show. Try share the show. Share this show with someone in your network who you know will benefit from the message. Again, I thank you for listening, and remember, don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. So keep growing, keep growing, keep growing.